Flowers are growing. Trees are greening up. It's a sign of spring in full bloom. But the rising temperatures remind us that summer isn't far behind. How are your New Year's resolutions going? Many are thinking about diet and exercise again. As summer approaches, people are taking inventory. Have you been eating and exercising as well as you wanted? Various organizations have published articles on the best diets. Some diets help people lose weight quickly, but it might not be so healthy. The American Heart Association came out with a study on the healthiest diets. Their recommended diets include low-fat, vegan, vegetarian, and Mediterranean diets. Their number one recommendation the DASH diet, which limits foods high on sodium, sugar, and saturated fats. It's important to take care of your body, but it's even more important to maintain a healthy spiritual diet. Have you been reading the Word, praying, and spending time with fellow believers? That diet will improve your spiritual health. Welcome to Haven Today here on Friday. I'm Charles Morris sharing the great story that's all about Jesus, and we're wrapping up a series called the living Lord. The seven final words of Christ from the cross have been preached many times. I've used those seven lines more than once on Haven today. Seven is a complete number in scripture. There are the great seven I am's handed down to us from John. I've shared those many times, but few give attention to seven lessons of Jesus after his resurrection. I want to share those with you for the first time on this program as the speaker for over 20 years. The final words from the cross teach us why he went to Golgotha, but the seven statements after Calvary unveil the purposes of his resurrection and identify where the gospel leads. Without the resurrection of Jesus, there would be no Redeemer, no new birth, and no hope of eternal life. These seven statements are worth knowing. So join me. Let's study them today. Now, if you've been listening to our program the last few weeks, you know we've been talking about a special TV series called The Chosen. We've heard from so many listeners who've said this show is a real blessing to them. It was created by Dallas Jenkins as a way to help us better understand Christ and those he called to follow him. I asked Dallas why he thinks this show has connected so well with a worldwide audience. Currently, it's in every country in the world, and it's been translated in over 60 languages, and people are loving the show. And, and, and I think the reason is, is because the show focuses on Jesus and his relationships with those around him. And here's what you see when you really explore the stories of Jesus. He wasn't interested in a political revolution. Um, every day you hear from both sides the reasons why it's important to fight, the reasons why it's important to take a stand, to, to collect our team together, and we're going, to, we're going to make a stand. We're going to vote in this way, or we're going to fight in this way. And Jesus really wasn't about that. Um, we'd like to sometimes think he was. I think both sides like to claim him as an endorser of their political perspective uh, when it's convenient. But when you look at the stories of Jesus, he was about the personal um, his miracles were about the personal. He was always after your heart. And he oftentimes said, I'm not about a political kingdom. I'm not about an earthly kingdom. I'm about, I'm about a spiritual kingdom. And I think being reminded of those stories, there's something sim simple about it. There's something 
beautiful about just focusing on that relationship between Jesus and the people that he met. And they sometimes wanted him to fight. They were sometimes saying, hey, we've, we're in the middle of a, of a revolution here. What are you going to do? Are you going to lead us? And he was like, I'm after your heart. I'm after your heart. And uh, I think there's something that's uh, a salvation, and literally, but also just a relief about that right now, that sometimes when you can just tune out all that's going on and just focus on the greatest man who ever lived, uh, I think that for a lot of people, it's a respite from, from all the craziness that happens when they tune on, turn on the news or, uh, or go on to social media. Dallas Jenkins talking about his savior and his TV show called The Chosen. Later in the program, we'll hear a clip from his show. And after that, I want to give you an opportunity to get all three seasons of The Chosen on DVD. I invite you to visit us after this program at haventoday.org, where you can watch excerpts from the series, as well as listen to our Great Stories podcast, where you can hear my full interview with The Chosen's creator. And then you can make your minimum gift for the bundle of seasons one, two, and three of The Chosen on DVD. And we'll send it out to you right away when you go to haventoday.org, haventoday.org. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. And if you'd just like to get the new Season 3 on DVD, we have that for your gift as well. And now we open with a song of the resurrection, sung for us by the Gettys. How can it be the one who died has borne our sin through sacrifice to conquer every sting of death? Sing, sing hallelujah. For joy awakes as dawning light when Christ disciples lift their eyes
One of their hymns of the Christian life, Christ is Risen, by the Gettys, here on A Haven Today called The Living Lord. I'm Charles Morris. Ever been to a family reunion? Fond memories fill my heart as I think back of growing up in middle America. Uncles and aunts, great uncles and aunts, cousins, and close friends of the family gathering, most times around Memorial Day, when we would also visit cemeteries and lay flowers on the graves of those who were departed, most of them departing to heaven. The food, the humor, the recounting of good times past, and the hope of good times still to come, some coming from great distances after being apart. Well, the third day after the death of Jesus was nothing less than a spiritual family reunion. Jesus was back from the dead. There had been earthquakes. The curtain was now open to the Holy of Holies. The tomb was empty. The physical temple in Jerusalem was now replaced by the temple who is Christ Jesus. The Holy Spirit would be implanted in every new believer. The Spirit of Christ, as the glorified Jesus, returned to the Father to prepare place for us and prepare for his coming again. Mary of Magdala, Thomas, and the other disciples were brought into a new and even more deeply intimate relationship with Jesus. As Leslie Newbegin puts it, John, in his gospel, sees the lifting up of Jesus on the cross as the supreme manifestation of the divine glory. He sees the resurrection not as the revealing of the passion, not as the beginning of glory out of defeat, but rather as the enabling of the disciples to believe, and so to be brought into a relationship with him whom death cannot destroy. In other words, to have life in his name. The promises of Jesus in John 14 were fulfilled. I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you. There are many lessons Jesus taught in the 40 days before he ascended. I want us to share on our final day of a series on the living Lord, seven of those significant teachings. Ready? Here they are. One woman, why are you weeping? John 20, 15. A question, but really two. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it you were looking for? These two questions are ones we should ask ourselves every day. What is the source of our tears? What exactly are we seeking? Whenever you find tears in your eyes, especially unexpected tears, it's well to pay close attention. They are not only telling you something about the secret of who you are, but more often than not, the Lord is speaking to you through them, speaking of the mystery of where you have come from, and he's summoning you to where, if your soul is to be saved, you should go next. As believers, we can call this mindfulness. Second, Mary, in John twenty sixteen, Jesus said to her first a single word, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher, master. May we be reminded that Jesus knows us. Not only is the church, his bride, the mass of followers that began thousands of years ago, he knows our names, each and every one of us. Jesus didn't lose his personal connection with Mary. He knows us by name as well. We can be reminded of the Isaiah prophecy in 
Don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by your name. You are mine. As believers, we call this identity. Three, go and tell. John twenty seventeen. Jesus said, Don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Jesus challenges us to do the same. As believers, we should be constantly reminding each other that this resurrection life isn't some kind of brief, cryptic illusion. We must remind each other that this life is real. It's transforming. Throughout the walking of our days, may we remind each other of the news we celebrated on Easter Sunday. He's not there. He is alive. Tom Wright says, The message of Easter is that God's new world has been unveiled in Jesus Christ and that you are now invited to belong to it. As believers, we call this mission. For peace be with you. John 20, 19 through 21. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together, with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Isn't it awesome to know that Jesus greets us all after the resurrection with shalom? Peace be with you. When all was said and done, the denying, betraying, and doubting, peace was still in the cards of the disciples, and peace is pronounced over us as well. When it comes to peace, he is the Prince of Peace. Don't miss the blessing of Shalom. As believers, we call this blessing. 5. I am sending you. Receive the Holy Spirit. Let me repeat again the words I just quoted from John twenty nineteen through 21. On the evening of that first day of the week, the disciples were together. The doors were locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. And again Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. If we want to be faithful to Jesus, we have to do what he says. We must receive the Holy Spirit. He promised as he was leaving earth to send the comforter, the teacher, that member of the Trinity to live in all our hearts as born-again believers. This means that we must move from confession to possession. We must be possessed by the Holy Spirit who will give us the power to do what we could not possibly do before. As believers, we call this anointing. Six, Forgive as you are forgiven. John twenty twenty three. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. The first sermon of the resurrected Christ was forgiveness. It's always first on the agenda. Forgiveness is the opus, the rising action, 
the grand finale, the centerpiece of grace. It should be our foremost quest in all our relationships. We must forgive. As believers, we call this grace. 7. Stop doubting and believe. John 20, 27. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands? Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Just as he challenged Thomas, Jesus dares us to believe and trust in him more, to love him more, to take one more step out of the boat and into the waters of serving him and spreading the good news. As believers, we call this faith. There you have them. Seven significant teachings of Jesus after the resurrection. Back to Leslie Newbegin. The purpose for which John in his gospel made this record, selected from the vast abundance of material, is that his readers may be brought to that same faith. What it means to us of Jesus as Messiah and Son of God has been unfolded as the story was told. Those two titles which could have narrowly limited meanings, have acquired in the person of Jesus a fullness which can only be expressed in the adoring words of Thomas with which John 20 closes. To have the faith which is expressed in these words is to have life in his name, the life which is truly his life given to the believer so that it can no longer be identified by any other name than that of Jesus. It is the life which has been described with classic simplicity by Paul in Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I close with the words of my predecessor, the late Ray Ortland who ended every program of Haven saying, Go with God. He goes with you. Jesus Christ.
Lauren Talley. And Lord, I believe you. And I pray you believe today or have believed today, maybe for the very first time. Haven today and a program called The Living Lord. Millions have seen the chosen all over the world. Some have just discovered it, while others found it during the pandemic, like my wife and I did. Perhaps you've been listening and you've never seen it. Well, now is the perfect time to make a gift to Haven today. And for your minimum gift, at least, to help us meet our fiscal year-end goal, I want to say thank you and send you all three seasons of this series on DVD. Or if you just want season three, we have that for your gift as well. No matter if you're watching for the first time or for the tenth time, as you watch and your family watches, you'll see your lives in the lives of those around Christ and have a deeper appreciation of how the gospel truly transforms us. And it's also a great way to share the gospel with those who don't yet know Christ. Go to our website right now. Watch excerpts from The Chosen. Look at the video that I shot with Dallas Jenkins. And make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. Or call us right now at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when again together we get to share the great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. What is the Christian life? It's a long obedience in one direction. Colossians 2.6 says, Continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. Following Jesus is not just a one-time decision. We have to grow in our faith and knowledge of Him and allow His truth to shape our lives. When we are firmly rooted in Christ, we are strengthened to face all challenges. We also overflow with thankfulness as we recognize all that God has done for us. This is our life, rooted in Christ's love, built up by His Spirit, and overflowing with thankfulness as we follow our Lord Jesus with all our hearts. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchor.com.